Hi, I'm Megan Skidmore, and this is the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt. I'm a woman, daughter, sister, spouse, mother, life coach, and person of faith on a mission to normalize asking questions and allowing doubts, not only in a faith journey, but in all aspects of life. Join me in bringing this traditionally taboo topic out of the shadows of shame and into the light. I'm a firm believer that we normalize through more talking and engaging in discussion. More talking peels back, exposes, and erases the layers of shame associated with questions and doubts. When we're more authentic about our journey, we are more powerful because shame has no power in the face of authenticity. This month, August of 2023, marks the one-year anniversary of Beyond the Shadow of Doubt. And simultaneously, we hit 5,000 downloads. I am so excited and appreciative of those who have come on and allowed me to interview them and share their stories, as well as those of you who are listening, downloading, sharing it with friends, subscribing, and leaving reviews. Each of these actions helps this podcast to grow and the messages and stories to spread far and wide. I feel especially grateful because as a podcaster who identifies as a cisgender female, sharing my story as an LGBTQ plus mama of conservative faith, you are amplifying many voices that fall in the marginalized category. So my genuine thanks. I ask you a favor, and that is to subscribe if you have not, share a favorite episode with a friend, and most importantly, take two minutes and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. In celebration of this one-year anniversary and 5,000 downloads, I've extended my podcast giveaway through the end of August. Leave a five-star review to be entered into a drawing for a $100 gift card that is good at several different restaurants. Go break bread with someone you love. Invite a friend to leave a review, and if their name is drawn, you both win your own gift card. Help me reach my goal of 10,000 downloads by the end of 2023. Link with the info on how to enter is in the show notes or the bio of my Instagram profile. Thank you for being here. Now on to today's episode. Hello, and thank you for joining me for Below the Surface, Spiritual Wounds Part 3. A spiritual wound is a type of wound that disrupts your relationship with God or your spiritual practices. That definition comes from Dr. Allison Cook, and I have mentioned it previously. I also appreciate this explanation of spiritual wounds by Mark Pettus, P-E-T-T-U-S, M-D, F-A-C-P, A-B-H-M, as recorded in his article, Healing from Spiritual Wounds, found in the National Wellness Institute Journal. Dr. Pettus says spiritual wounds are often overlooked in the context of healthcare encounters. Spiritual wounds do not appear on x-rays, nor can they be picked up on blood testing. Spiritual wounds may commonly take the form of disconnection with that which brings meaning and joy in one's life, disconnection with self and others, diminished sense of self-value and worth, loss of purpose, loss of hope, isolation, loneliness and abandonment, suffering, shame, or guilt, end quote. So hopefully you've listened to episodes 51 and 55, parts one and two respectively of my spiritual wound series. And if not, I highly encourage you to listen to those and then come back to this episode. You know, if you've listened, that I have been offering my thoughts from episode 113 of At Last She Said It podcast as they interview Catherine Knight Sontag, 
about what she calls the mother wound. Catherine wrote the book, The Mother Tree, Discovering the Love and Wisdom of Our Divine Mother. During uh, previous two episodes, I share as uh, I have been learning about the mother wound, I have come to this realization that I feel an extension of the mother wound that we have all been affected by as a gender wound. And by this, I mean with a primary focus on a male deity, we are inadvertently ignoring or devaluing feminine energy, which is inhibiting our understanding of ourselves and what it means to be divinely masculine, divinely feminine, or a combination of the two. So up to this point, I have shared my thoughts on how it hurts all forms of gender expression. And today I expand on how it hurts all forms of gender roles. At approximately the 20 minute, 34 second mark of the episode 113 of At Last She Said It, Susan responds to Catherine and says, I can say that as a woman, the possibility of another way of being, when I get a taste of that, that feels more true to me, to what I am to the natural way that I would interface with things than the way that has been sold or taught to me through the patriarchal approach of the world and its institutions and of the church. She continues, it kind of struck me when you were speaking earlier that patriarchy assumes this. I thought it also more than assumes, it insists and it has the power to insist because patriarchy is running the show. It makes the rules. And so therefore, particularly when I look at something like the LDS church, patriarchy has all the power to imprint on that institution and our experience of it, their vision. But I know when I taste what is true in my soul, end quote. A quick side note, by way of a simple definition for the purposes of this episode, according to Collins Dictionary, A patriarchal society, family, or system is one in which the men have all or most of the power and importance. I will leave the definition of patriarchy at that for now. Going back to Susan's comments, for me, the message I am getting from her words by extension tells me that there are other rules or ways of being when it comes to gender and sexuality and roles that are not explored primarily because of the patriarchal system, or this water that we're not really aware of that we're swimming in, as Catherine put it, because it has been in place for so very long, end quote. Essentially, we were born into this body of water called patriarchy. And so when you realize that for so very long, the way patriarchy, society, has defined women and their role, how they should think, what is okay or socially acceptable for them to say or do or not say or do. It starts to open up the question, at least for me, well, what other roles have been overlooked or that we are, quote, off on or even incorrect about simply because for so long we have been these fish swimming in this body of water called patriarchy and haven't had the awareness yet. I believe that these are questions worthy of our collective attention and consideration. Colleen McDonnell, professor of history, and Sterling M. McMurrin, professor of religious studies at the University of Utah, wrote uh, a book published in 2019 called Sister Saints, Mormon Women Since the End of Polygamy. 
She is one of the nation's foremost experts on American religious history. She is not of the LDS faith. From the desk jacket, I'm reading Sister Saints offers a history of modern Mormon women that takes aim at these traditional stereotypes, showing that their stories are much more complex than previously thought. And in her preface, she goes a little deeper, quote, much of Mormon history circles around the stories of men, those who founded the church, led it, fell from it, directed it, or defined it. The book Sister Saints, however, continues the movement by feminist Mormon historians to explore a different set of questions. What were the women doing while the men were doing what they did? If women were brought into the historical narrative, how might that change the story? What do women see as spiritually fulfilling in their lives? What new religious forms occur as one generation slides into another? Colleen continues, Calling on my background in American religious history, I investigate what has sustained and motivated Latter-day Saint women and how that has changed over time. She says the 19th century looms large in LDS culture because it was then that the central concepts of the faith were laid out. Moreover, Mormons see the early years as overflowing with evidence of the supernatural and the extraordinary. Latter-day Saints treasure their history-building bridges between the present and the time of sacred beginnings. Even Mormon feminists look backward to the 19th century for evidence of a usable past of female agency and originality. They point to the women who went east and studied medicine, or the ones who secured the right to vote in 1870. Colleen says, they seem to be asking, why can't the 21st century be more like the 19th? End quote. So, having prescribed roles for those born specifically with male body parts or specifically with female body parts is automatically exclusionary because it doesn't take into account the fact that is not the only thing that makes up or defines a human being in their many, many facets. So by overlooking or devaluing the feminine divine or heavenly mother, there is a significant gap or hole surrounding the role of women and by extension, the roles of those who fall outside of identifying or relating to this traditional role assigned to men or assigned to women. So when the lens of patriarchy defines roles, we are limited. Everyone is limited, even those who generally benefit from patriarchy. For instance, like in my example with Dr. McConnell and her book, we don't have as many women's stories nearly as much as we have men's. Additionally, men are expected to have specific roles and generally nothing outside of those traditional roles or very little anyway, like they're expected to be the sole or primary breadwinner, provider, protector, etc., of all the familial needs. And sometimes with that expectation comes additional expectations of things like a big home, nice, uh, 
new or newish vehicles to drive, regular outings or trips or family vacations. It impacts perhaps the you know expectation for stylish clothes, um, jewelry, hair, all of those things. Uh, and finally, my another thought I had is there's this heavy expectation to achieve a certain social status based on income. And I will add that this is often unspoken and yet very much understood and implied. So a similar situation with women. They're expected to have specific roles and generally nothing outside of those traditional roles. Of course, there's always some exceptions, but the expectation nonetheless stays the same. So for instance, the expectation is to stay at home with your kids, uh, to serve and serve a lot and give of themselves a lot to their families, their extended families, communities, whether church communities or civic communities, and give sometimes to the point of exhaustion, and many times putting themselves and their needs very last. This role also expects that all women are supposed to love motherhood and or homemaking and all of the things that come with that. Education may be less of a priority for women according to this more traditional role. Notice I did not say education is not a priority at all. However, often the importance of the men's education is placed above that of the women's for reasons often attributable to those roles of men's, the ones that I've already mentioned. And then that brings us to the category outside of traditional male and female roles, those who do not identify with the experience of either traditional men's roles or traditional women's roles. And because these individuals do not fit these boxes or descriptors, they are judged left and right, up and down, forward and backward, because there aren't any, quote, socially acceptable roles for them. They don't exist. And yet these individuals are here, they exist, and are doing their best to inhabit a society that does not see them. What a difficult way to live. So why then is this relevant? And why am I calling this a spiritual wound? Recall the definition of spiritual wound I used earlier uh, by Dr. Allison Cook. A spiritual wound is a type of wound that disrupts your relationship with God or your spiritual practices. This social construct, gender, and gender roles. This way of being or this castle we've built, if you've listened to my previous episodes with Liz Thomas from June of 2023. So let me back up. This way of being or these castles we've built is great for some folks. And unfortunately, it is terribly, terribly injuring, interfering with, and even damaging that spiritual relationship with the divine or the spiritual growth that these individuals seek and long for within a faith community. When your role and even the quality of the performance of that role is judged and also directly linked to your access to, worthiness of, connection with, and receipt of approval or acceptance from the divine, that is problematic. This is especially problematic when you 
your authentic self, your very core, your soul does not fit these lists, descriptions, expectations, and so on. You may deeply question where that leaves your standing with the divine, or perhaps use the word God or universe. It cuts to the core, and that is why I am calling this a spiritual wound. In the next episode of the series, I want to talk about some steps that we can take in order to choose to help these individuals who have spiritual wounds versus adding to their burden and to their pain. Thanks so much for being here. Until next time. Come join me in Hopeful Spaces, a Dallas Hope Charities component of Hopeful Discussions, which is sponsored by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services USA. Hopeful Spaces is a monthly parent, caregiver, and ally support group facilitated by Megan Skidmore Coaching. To join is free. Simply send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.org. Visit meganskidmorecoaching.com where you can find this podcast as well as additional free resources. Check the podcast show notes on any platform for links to sources cited. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram for more and to send me a DM. To help the podcast grow, please follow, rate, and review as well as share it with a friend. Beyond the Shadow of Doubt is a proud member of the Dialogue Podcast Network, which is a part of the Dialogue Journal found at dialoguejournal.com forward slash podcast network. Founder Eugene England was a Mormon writer, teacher, and scholar who wrote, My faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. My hope is that this podcast is an extension of that vision. Thanks for being here. Until next time.